0: Which, which is unbelievable. <laughs> so Isabella, how do you like the weather? Brazil is a tropical climate, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I really miss the warm weather, but I'm very happy that until now, it's not as cold as last year. Do you remember last year, we had this terrible snowstorm, and then it was super cold, and then we're now getting into the like colder oh, weather. Gosh,
0: yeah, yeah. We were living in Dante's Inferno last year. That was awful. But now, it, it, it was so odd and so dangerous last year. But now, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. And this is one of the programs in Lua Real School Division. There are 13 in the applied learning and technical training realm And the students who work in this space get incredible skill and build their skills and connect to uh, employers and outside partners in all kinds of ways. Now in our COVID world, where we have to wear these very, very stylish masks, in our COVID world, uh, things have slowed down a bit, but not in this building and not in this program. So this is one of those rare places in school where, um, hey, full steam ahead, we will iterate, we will move and we will continue to build the skills that employers like to see and that has built this excellent reputation for this program there are others in this in this space you can be a plumber you can be an electrician or or you can start the process you can uh, do child care you can um, do uh, aesthetics hairstyling all kinds of great programming here for kids who make a call so i'm very proud of our t- two producers for making that call to come here and for saying i want my education to be a little bit more and i want more skill and when i venture into the world i want to be able to talk about my skill and show off how relevant i am to 21st century jobs so congratulations to you two as always so this is a special time because we are we are going to talk to a special guest whom i thought was in Vancouver, British Columbia. She's actually in Winnipeg, but she goes to the University of British Columbia because she's the recipient of a large award called the Schulich Award a couple of years ago. And I had the good fortune to uh, write a newspaper article about her and to learn about her path. And I also had the good fortune to to uh, uh, participate and experience a large-scale event that she was a, a big part of between St. Teresa Point Nation and uh, Real School Division. So I'd like to introduce to our listening audience, Nika Mart- Martin Usen. Did I say that right?
2: <laughs> um, it's Martinusen, but it's Martinisen. okay. Thanks so Martinisen. much Martinisen. for having me. Yes, it's a strange last <laughs> okay. name. Don't worry.
0: Martinusen. I never got that right. I know how to spell it, though. I'm, I'm very proud that I know how to spell your name. I just don't know how to pronounce your name. So that's a Seinfeld episode. Uh, so, Nika, you're in Winnipeg right now. You go to UBC. What are you doing in Winnipeg right now?
2: Um, I came back home because of the pandemic, just to be, have a sense of stability in all of this, I guess, instability that with the pandemic has brought across. So all of my classes are remote. So I'm just doing my school remotely at the moment.
0: So that's that's kind of ironic. You came to Winnipeg to be more stable in the pandemic. Our numbers are flying off the charts right now. So, <laughs> yes. so how do you how do you feel about that?
2: Um, it is definitely a little frightening, for sure. But um, I'm with my family. Um, we're socially distancing, so we're taking we're, we're we're taking control over the things we can,
0: yes. and then
2: just um, letting I guess just letting everything go
0: as it comes for sure obviously now what and it's great to be with family so i'm kidding around with you when you're around family (laughs) everything's a little more comfortable isn't it the the program you're doing online how what is it like taking your university program at ubc online how do you like it what are the challenges for you
2: um it's for sure for, for me, it's very challenging because I am a very oral learner. I like to, and I'm very also interactive learner. So having to ha- do things remotely is a little bit challenging. But what's really nice is that I'm in a lab course at the moment. Um, and they actually sent all the lab equipment to my home. So wow. now my room has become a makeshift electronics lab. So, um, yeah, I get to conduct electronics experiments in my room. And that's been really um, fulfilling.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Yes,
0: well,
2: it's been really neat.
0: So do you have to pack all that stuff up and bring it back at some point? That's going to be a lot of suitcases, isn't it? Or...
2: Um, it actually only it's. It came in a little box, actually, so (laughs) it's very compact, but I will have to send it back to the university once the semester is done, unfortunately. I've been having a lot of fun playing around with it, which is kind of sad that I have to give it back.
0: That's awesome. Hey, now, talk about your family. Whenever we do this podcast, Nina, we ask about students in process, the courses they're taking, the decisions they make, what motivates them, how they make their decisions, and we always like to ask about how is, what's your family been like as support? How, what have they been like as you've grown up? That kind of stuff. Talk about your family life, because for me, that's always a big foundation piece for all, all people.
2: Oh, for sure. I have to definitely agree. My family is my hugest supporter. They, I've, they've, Everything I've ever wanted to do, everything I've ever wanted to pursue, they've been right behind me. Um, I think kind of enough, they've also definitely shaped the things that I have chosen to pursue in the paths that I have chosen to go down in my, I guess, my journey. Um, from a young age, a sense of justice has always, um, has been instilled in me. And so a lot of the extracurriculars and opportunities that I pursue, um, I, because of that upbringing, bringing kind of follows trying to seek a, a better world in, in a sense.
0: That's awesome. Now, do you remember as a little kid when you were working with your, um, when you were in family or at home, can you remember an activity like that where you got a sense of uh, justice? I like when you said justice. That's pretty cool because I've seen that in you and I saw you in high school. That was always a driving motivator for mm-hmm. you. When you were a little kid, what? how did you get this sense of justice when you were little, like when you were like 10, 11 years old? Did it happen then? When did that start really filling your heart and your mind, and moving you into into experiences.
2: For sure, so from a young age, um, being active in my community was something that my family really emphasized. So volunteering, um, throughout that was an activity that my parents really encouraged me to get involved in from a young age, and then my family has a very strong set of values and we would always have um, we always have dinner at the together every night, and so we'd all our conversations would always kind of revolve around um, what's happening within the world. And um, I got a really rich sense of my parents' strong moral compass um, when they would, we, we would discuss these things, and so that left a huge impression on me, uh, and yeah, it really shaped the path that I'm, I've chosen to take.
0: Well, that's awesome! So. I love that you're always sitting at the dinner table. That was a requirement then. Everybody had to come for dinner.
2: Yes, it was, um, or we would make our schedule, because my brother and I were involved in a lot of activities, um, we would always have kind of fluctuating dinner schedules to make sure some days we'd eat at four, some days we'd eat more closer to eight o'clock, just so we can all have that um, time together to um, debrief the day together.
0: Well, that's awesome. That's a beautiful thing. Do you think the world would be a different place if everybody did that?
2: That's a really good question. Um, I think, personally, in my experience, um, my life had just become so much richer um, being able to incorporate that quality family time um, every day while I was at home. So, and it's a great, it's a great way to to learn about your surroundings, as, as I said, um, it's a great way to discuss what's happening in the world and to learn from your parents and learn from them, from their values. So, and I think especially we're losing that with how hectic um, our lives have increasingly become. Like I, I mentioned previously, it was a really difficult task for our family to eat together because um, our whole family, once school was over, we were rushing everywhere in order to get to our activities. So. I definitely think, um, it's a, it's something that really enriches your childhood. So I think in that sense it would definitely, um, there was some things would be different in the world if everyone was able to get that quality time in.
1: No, absolutely, Nika. Like, for example, I was talking with Lily and Mr. Magnifico in another episode that my family wasn't um, always eating together when we were back home in Brazil because we were all occupied with different activities we were doing. And here, when we have, like, this moment together as a family is just so great because we get to interact with each other and know exactly which a person is going through. But you are talking about some extracurricular activities. So can you tell me a little bit about what you did in high school or even like earlier on, middle school, elementary? And how does that shape you um, to the person that you are today? Oh, for sure.
2: So throughout high school, um, I did a lot of volunteer work. So I was a volunteer piano teacher at West Broadway Youth Outreach, which is in downtown Winnipeg. I also, um, for two years, I did, uh, I led a math club or I facilitated a, like an after school math learning group at Lavely School, which is in the St. Patel area of Winnipeg. I was also kind of outside of school. I did, I was a competitive dancer and um, I studied piano at a quite a high level. And then also within school, I was part of student council for a couple of years. And then I was also the um, kind of a co-lead of our social justice group at J.H. Bruns.
1: Wow, so many activities. Thank you. It definitely kept me busy.
0: (laughs) Yes, and you kept up a great average because when you applied for that Schulich scholarship, you had to keep a good average. So um, what could you tell a student? I love when someone's busy. That's a great question, Isabella, because when people are that busy, they have to manage their time. How did you manage your time? Because I'm telling you, I'm working with a group of students online doing virtual classes right now. And I did a survey with them Two thirds of them, I would call last-minute charlies. They are scrambling to get their work done instead of managing their time, and they don't have half of your activity. Like a quarter, they don't have a quarter of your activity. How? Would, what would you recommend to a student about managing time and and keeping the pace balanced?
1: Oh, for
2: sure. That's. I've also noticed that in this pandemic, it's been a little bit more difficult for me to manage my time. I think I managed my time so well in high school because because I was so busy. Um, I only had a very there was a I, had, I was really restricted on my time. So when I had a piece of homework to do, I had two hours to do it. I had to do it or else it would not get done. So um, it's a lot about compartmentalizing your time, I believe. Um, Setting aside strict periods where you have a single goal and then you work through until you have that goal accomplished. Um, yeah, and just making sure that your time is structured as well. When it's, when your time isn't structured, that's when it gets really easy to drop the ball, in my experience. So making sure that you have that structure, a set schedule, um, yeah, that's how I, my strategy to managing my time.
0: So, did you look at a Sunday, for example, and say, "Okay, what do I have to do this week?" And then it wouldn't uh, even plot be. It on out? That.
2: Yeah, it would exactly on. Yeah, exactly. Like Sunday evening, I would see where um, my time would be, um, because not even on Sundays. Sundays, I was often very busy as well. <laughs> so it only. <laughs> so it only be like um, I'd always. My luckily, my schedule is quite um, regimented. It didn't really. Um, there wasn't a lot of variability in it. So um, I would know like let's, for example, Tuesdays um, from 7 to 7.45 in the morning before school, I had 45 minutes to maybe do some math homework or on um, Thursday evenings from eight till 10, that was two hours I had, I could afford to work on some other projects. So just um, make, setting aside those, uh, those times in my regimented schedule was really crucial and staying on top of everything.
3: Um, Nika, I have one question is, uh, uh, when you have so many activities, all those um, activities are, I mean, your own interests or is based on your, I mean, any family pressure to ask you to do things to make your, uh, I mean,
2: more uh, beneficial in future? Um, I think from when I was younger, Mm-hmm. My parents they put me in piano lessons they put me in dance I didn't really have a really a choice in that but mm-hmm. I don't know like once you reach about 910 and you become more independent you make your own decisions um, mm-hmm. and um, then yeah my parents never really pressured me to do anything from then on I loved piano I loved dancing mm-hmm. I wanted to get more involved in my community so that was all driven by myself
3: Wow you are so lucky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that well, that well, that's because Lily was an oppressed child. She was she was forced. She was yeah. forced to do all kinds of. Yeah, crazy I'm things. trying to
3: force my daughter now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to say
0: that. <laughs> hey, I'm interested always in the piano and the musical piece. Does the musical piece shape your brain a little bit differently? Like you sound, you made the call to keep going with piano, and you taught piano, which is a beautiful. Serving activity—that's a beautiful thing. Uh, how, how how does music influence your life? Is is it a place where you go to when you need a break? Is it a stress reliever? Is it just a skill you continue to nurture and try to get better at?
2: Um, definitely, I would say it's a huge stress reliever. Um, it's nice uh, because it's it, triggers the different parts of your brain than um, doing strictly mm-hmm. academic work as well. So when you need that time to kind of let go, reset, it's nice to approach the piano. Um, but I would also say that um, piano has also taught me a lot of um, discipline mm-hmm. in terms of um, setting aside practi- time to practice every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, kind of that pursuit of um, I guess that pursuit of excellence as well and that's kind of um, rippled through other um, facets of my life as well so yeah piano is definitely hugely shaped on the path I have kind of followed and who I've become as well.
1: Yeah it's so cool too because I grew up um, learning ballet and I also learned a lot of discipline. And later on, I taught ballet for little kids. How was it that experience of first being a student and then teaching others something that you acquired early on? Oh, for sure. So um, teaching, yeah, teaching piano, it was a
2: really eye-opening and such an enriching experience. It's, it's so fascinating being the student, and then while you, and then transitioning into being the teacher, it was um, it really gave me a lot of appreciation. I always had appreciation for teachers, but even having a tiny, tiny teaching role, just it's incredible. You just have to have so much patience, and teachers have to be so creative, because you might think um, that you're explaining a concept while. But you're looking at your student, and you can see that their eyes have kind of glazed over. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to kind of reimagine. So you're constantly, and everyone's different. Um, I had at a point I had about like nine, ten students, so everyone's different. So mm-hmm. you have to re- reimagine these concepts in different ways, and so and trans and be an effective communicator, translating those ideas to the student so yeah, it was it was a really enriching experience for sure
0: well, congratulations on capturing my life <laughs> well, forty years of glazed eyes thank you that, that's very nice. I appreciate that i'm going go i'm gonna go later and just kick an empty coke can down an empty back lane looking for purpose. Thanks for that Nika anyway. <laughs> Uh, I, I have a,
3: uh, I have a question about Nika, because uh, according to what you have told us, that you like music, you like dancing, and you're teaching very well for case, and all this kind of shows your art's gifts, right, you know, gifts on art's part, but mm-hmm. now you're learning engineering in UDC. For me, it's like, you know, it's totally on the contrary about uh, mm-hmm. what I have learned about your ca- uh character. So how how you choose engineering as your program currently?
2: Oh, for sure. I definitely get um, a lot of... When I tell people that I chose to study engineering, everyone kind of gets a little puzzled look. and they, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So don't worry about it. Everyone's just like, oh, interesting. <laughs> but um, I think it's actually a really beautiful space where engineering, I think, it, where arts and science can... Um, intersect, Mm -hmm. um, from like dance and piano, I've kind of nurtured a sense of, of creativity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important, especially in STEM, to, um, continue to infuse, um, that kind of marriage of liberal think, um, liberal arts thinking and engineering. I think there's a space that can be really explored, um, and I feel like a lot of, creative, innovative um, concepts can be um, born through that interaction and exchange of ideas. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we continue to, um, instead of box things off, mm-hmm. that everything is so intersectional these days. And I think it's just increasingly, increasingly important to expand these spaces um, because I think some really beautiful work can is, can be
0: done. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nika, I think you nailed it. I, I have a couple of sons who the engineering path as well. And what I notice when you talk about the cross-pollination of, of arts and science, uh, from STEM to STEAM, when you add the A in there, right? The arts mm-hmm. in it, there's yeah. a whole nother level in this day and age of what jobs need. They need thinkers, conceptual designers, and engineers are in that mm-hmm. mode always. So when it comes to art, I think your piano playing and your social justice uh, mentality contributes to everything you look at. Because engineering is about problem solving and creating, mm-hmm. creating and designing. I, I just think you, you are the well-rounded person. You're like a Renaissance person who says, there's no, there's no information that I can't use to be a great engineer. And that includes my piano that includes my arts that includes my teaching that includes my volunteer work i see that like if you're already in that mode of there is not one box and there's no one way to think of something i think you're going to change something in the world and that's that's what we need we can't have one dimensional thinkers at the 21st century anymore we need thinkers who say what are the possibilities period full stop how does this look with a lot of different lenses. And the arts Mm -hmm. piece you have is about a lens you put over everything. I think your parents forced you to do that piano. You grew to love it. And now I think it will (laughs) permeate everything you do. I just, that's awesome. That was a great comment you had. You could be a female Leonardo da Vinci. Who knows?
3: (laughs) I'm not sure about that. that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think there's great potential there. Hey, think about, I'd like to talk about the St. Teresa Point First Nation event and how that came to be at J.H. Bruns, because that was an unlikely relationship. Mm -hmm. But you turned it, and you and and a team of your friends turned it into something quite special. Can you talk about that experience at J.H. Bruns and Mm -hmm. how it came to be that a high school in Luriel School Division connected with a remote First Nation community in Northeastern Manitoba.
2: Of course. So yeah, um, the team that um, spearheaded this um, partnership at JH Friends, it was myself, but it was also equal parts um, Kelsey McLeod and Leanna Dare, who are two incredible um, female leaders as well. Um, So I just wanted to make sure that um, I give um, recognition to those um, incredible, incredible women. Yeah,
0: it was a trio of you, and and you you worked so hard to do it. But talk about the whole experience.
2: Yeah, for sure. So um, in grade 11, I participated in a program called Breaking Barriers, Building Bridges, which um, sought to connect students in Winnipeg from all different backgrounds. Um, We came from all across the city um, to have tough conversations about um, racism and reconciliation um, in the context of Canadian society. So it was an incredible opportunity. Um, I was exposed to all these different perspectives that I had never um, encountered before in my life. Um, And so through this opportunity, um, it was also incredible networking there was so many um, leaders in Winnipeg that I was introduced to and met and as I as I've kind of said um, I was the in H -H Bruns I was kind of the lead of the social justice kind of group at our school and we were kind of at a transition point we were looking for um, a new project to undertake um, and then at Breaking Barriers, Building Bridges, I was introduced to Srini Reddy. Um, he's an incredible, he's done such incredible work, um, in Canada and in Winnipeg as well. Um, and he was discussing about, um, trying to connect Winnipeg high schools to, um, remote Indigenous communities in Manitoba. And that just really spoke to me. So, um, I assembled my little team with Leanne and Kelsey, and we um, contacted Mr. Reddy. And then, just from there, it was—it was almost like it was—it was incredible just how fast things went. Um, we made the connection. He, um, Mr. Reddy made the connection with JH Friends and St. Teresa Point, and we had these um, these meetings and planning. And then, it just. It just really steamrolled ahead. It was was an incredible process to be a part of and to witness.
0: So what did you do, though? Like, what was the crux of the whole exercise and the whole experience?
2: Um, So, yeah, the partnership, the whole idea was we wanted to connect um, the students of St. Teresa Point, and we wanted to connect them with the students at JH Friends just so we could – we didn't want it to be sort of, um, we wanted it to be rooted in justice, as I've kind of mentioned before, kind of this theme, um, where we're, we wanted to seek to have our students understand just how similar we are, um, that we both have these dreams for our country, um, and in terms of reconciliation as well, we wanted to foster authentic, meaningful relationships. Because in Canadian society, I feel like there is a really huge disconnect between um, um, indigenous po- um, communities that are more isolated and our communities that are more in urban environments. So we really wanted to um, find a creative way in order to facilitate those relationships because they weren't really being facilitated before.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. I, I and, and I remember... Uh, when we had, uh, we brought all the educators together and you, 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 uh, you and the, your student team were, were at the event, but I remember just what you're saying. The disconnect, I, you feel the disconnect. Even if you think you, there isn't a disconnect, there is a disconnect. I remember sitting at some tables with some indigenous folks. And, uh, I was thinking, I'm not sure if I should ask this question. Am I going to sound silly? Because I don't know. And they encouraged me to do it. And I remember sitting at our table and we just got to know each other. We were okay asking dumb questions of each other and we laughed a lot. And I left that Mm -hmm. conference thinking, oh my gosh, you students have made an enormous breakthrough here with people just connecting with one another and understanding one another and appreciating one another and saying exactly what you said. Oh my gosh, are we similar? In the way we mm-hmm. think and what we want for our kids and what we want for our lives i thought that that was pretty powerful so that experience then has that been a almost a cataclysmic experience for you about life and about where you're headed does it influence mm-hmm. your engineering program at ubc what do you think
2: oh oh for sure it was definitely probably one of the most no, it was the most impactful um, experience in my life in terms of knowing what um, kind of the path I want to follow and what what the change that I want to see in the world. Um, So we actually, after the conference, we actually had an opportunity. A few of us had the, we were invited to visit um, St. Teresa Point First Nation.
0: Oh my gosh, what was that like? What was that like?
2: Oh, it was, it was amazing. It was I've never felt more loved and more accepted and more welcomed in a community ever in my life. And I, and that's not a over exaggeration. It was truly, we were welcomed. Um, and we were, we became part of their, their family, really. It was, it was amazing. In terms of this experience and shaping what I want to do in the future. So, um, I am studying engineering at the moment. Um, and so, in terms of my future career goals, I want to be able to use um, science and technology in pursuit of justice um, within uh, the Canadian context. So, yeah, that's um, that's kind of the path and what I'm studying in terms of that's the where I eventually want to end up, and just kind of welcome new opportunities that fit that um, fit my values as well. See where it can take me.
0: Wow! Wow! I, I think I'm, I think I'm talking to the Buddha or something. This is, uh, how, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're, you're amazing. That's so philosophical. I want to, I want to use science and, t- and technology and, and pursue justice. And wow, that's yeah. oh. that's that's tremendous. Uh, now, are are there are there other experiences that you think, ah. Oh, where you worked with some mentors that really influenced you in your life? Your parents were clearly mentors to you. And, that, and that's a powerful thing. Were there other people along the way who, who, who you think, wow, I'm so grateful to have met these people and connected with them, and did they influence you in any way?
2: Oh, for sure. Um, I was really fortunate in terms of, um, I was part of the Luriel School Division from kindergarten all the way until grade 12. Um, and there's just a phenomenal team of educators that exist within the Luriel School Division. So um, I had a lot of teachers who really impacted um, the way that I think and um, the way that I perceive the world and who revealed, revealed truths to me that really um, changed the way that I approach um, everything that I do. So. Um, I guess I can. I'll, I'll mention some names. I, I really. I want to be cautious because I don't want to forget anyone because there's just been so many.
0: Yep, that's so. That's okay.
2: Okay, but yeah, I would have to say um, probably. I just want to say um, Ms. Cote Marinelli, the principal of JH Friends Collegiate at the moment. She was, um, in terms of the latter part of my time at um, in high school, she was just such an incredible mentor and. She, so supportive of um, the initiatives that Kelsey, Leanne and I wanted to do. Um, I just want to mention her name because she sure. was, she was pivotal in making sure that the partnership was able to happen for sure.
0: Well, that's nice. And there's other pieces here that I think I'd just like you to share with students. Like you earned your UBC experience is based on a Schulich scholarship and the Schulich scholarship is a Canadian renowned scholarship for kids who want to pursue STEM careers. You have to apply for it. You need a good GPA, which you had, but your collection of experiences contribute to your sense of connecting dots. Can you talk Mm -hmm. about that application, what you had to do to earn the Schulich? What were the interviews like? So other kids can get a sense of, uh, how possible it is!
2: Definitely, yeah. When I first kind of when I reflect on um, being awarded that um, scholarship, it's it's really surreal. Um, and in terms of the application process, it was a very simple application process. Actually, um, it only required for the student to write uh, a, a few essays, um, including why the central essay was, why do you think you would be a good, Schul- uh, good Schulich leader? Um, and what I have to say, kind of my approach to answering that question, as I kind of, as we know, um, my background isn't, I, I, I did have uh, good grades throughout high school, and I did do sciences, physics, chemistry, But in terms of my extracurricular activities, it wasn't like I was part of a robotics club or I was doing, um, or part of like an engineering club. My activities were more both focused on the humanities. So I think um, probably my biggest advice when students are considering pursuing this award is, you have to stay true to yourself Um, because, and I think that's, a reason why um, I was so fortunate to have received this award um, because I was, um, I think there is an increasing space where we need to, um, when we, because engineers, they problem solve. um, And there's a high demand for us to approach these problems in different lenses. So, yeah, I would say that being true to myself, writing about my lived experiences and my, my, um, my interests and my own activities, instead of trying to cater it to what I think they wanted to hear, um, I just was very honest and wrote about what I do have to offer. Um, yeah, I think that honesty and that integrity piece is really key because there's we can't, um, it's not necessarily just science and just um, purely technology activities that are going to um, win this award. Um, leaders, they need to be able to marry all of these different uh, perspectives and be different qualities. And I think that's what they were looking for. So yeah, my advice would just be true to yourself and not try to cater to what you think they want to hear.
1: That wow. is so amazing, Nika. And also, I think the fact that you were involved in so many like extracurricular activities that were like in the humanities side, and that you were able to marry both this and your pursuit for engineering, um, I think that is so like inspirational for high school students. Tell me, what advice would you give to a high school student that? still have a couple years before they're going to university to acquire and understand more about themselves um, throughout their high school experience? Oh, for sure. Thanks. Um, uh, I would have to say, kind of what,
2: for me, how I really discovered um, what, um, what I'm passionate about is I guess, yeah, staying busy. I'm um, trying new things, getting involved in your community, um, taking a course that you may think is going to be challenging for you. Like for example, for me, I thought I would. I took physics in grade eleven and grade twelve, and I thought that it would be the most difficult course ever. It was very challenging, but I learned that I loved it, and it was and it was fascinating. So that's kind of what kind of pushed me along the engineering path, but. Yes, getting involved. Um, there's no, I have to emphasize this. Once you get into university, your time, if you think your time is constrained in high school, it's even more so constrained in university or um, any post secondary um, institution that you choose to pursue college, um, a trades program. Your time is very limited once you start doing this post secondary education. And high school, you're still in this bubble where you're allowed to take risks and try out different um try out different things see what fits within your identity see what is kind of not working for you so yeah that would be my biggest piece of advice is high school is this golden opportunity to find out who you are and to take those risks and to do Um, You have so many options available to you in terms of extracurricular activities and courses. So, really take advantage of it, Um, and that's how that's how I discovered kind of what I'm interested in. And there's and you also have to note that um, even though we're still very young as well, and there is also this heightened pressure of you once you graduate high school, you have to know exactly what you want to do with your life. Um, and I feel like that's very unrealistic at the same token. I think it's, um, you know, when you approach kind of trying to find out what you want to do, I feel like in high school, you really need just to focus on what your passions are, what you want to see yourself do, um, or the kind of the change that you want to see, that you want to see in the world once you grow up. Or I guess, I guess become, a, uh, join the workforce. So um, also the same token, don't put so much pressure on yourself when you're trying to find your passions. Um, Yeah, Uh, once you find your passions, then it becomes a lot easier to kind of deduce, oh, which path do I want to follow? So yeah, high school is that time to find your passions. So try out as many things, it's a wonderful opportunity.
0: You know what, Nika, you're right about that. High school is this interesting bubble where the world is your oyster. And and because you're not 18 and leave, because once you're 18 and leave high school, you become part of a herd of everyone trying to find their way. In high school, you have this chance to experiment, step outside your boundaries with, with so much support from teachers, from parents, That's great advice. And if if students had that kind of mentality, all of them, and many do, but if they had that mentality of, I'm gonna try it, I'm gonna try it, I think they would be on paths that are more satisfying for them, ultimately. Because you're in that, I I like what you said, I don't know exactly what I'm up to yet, but I'm on this cluster path that looks like it's turning into something, but you don't know exactly what yet, which is awesome which is the way to go. You know what? We're, we're running out of time here. I just want to say, like when you talked about that dinner piece, it's been running through my head mm-hmm. through the whole interview. For me, it's a metaphor of who you are. It's a metaphor about bring people to your table, converse with them, try things out, bring people who and, 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 who have conversations with you that are completely out of your apparent interest i just love that sense because i'm italian and every time we met on a sunday meal time was everything and meal time was two hours long for us <laughs> it helped that my mom was a gourmet and everyone wanted to come uh but an italian cook but i i love that metaphor of eat dinner share bring people to your table and think about possibilities for yourself and don't ever think you're limited especially in your high school experience oh my gosh nika you've had a great series of thoughts and ideas here that i think a lot of high school students will learn a lot from and if if even some of it filters through into them a bit i think you may have changed some people through this podcast i think that's awesome
2: oh (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. It was such a joy to kind of discuss these things. Um, They're really important conversations to have, um, especially in terms of high school. They're such formative years. So I'm glad that I could share kind of a little bit of um, the things I've learned in my journey.
0: Well, we appreciate you being here. And your, your episode number six, we want to bring students like Nika out to this space to hear the stories, to hear the possibilities, to hear the potential. So that's the end of our podcast today. Any last parting comments, Lily and Isabella?
3: I would say uh, I I, am quite encouraged by Nika and her stories. I definitely will share this podcast to my daughter because she's in high school (laughs) now, in grade 10. So I'm sure that
1: she can learn a lot from Nika. Yeah.
0: Absolutely yeah. So well done Isabel anything you want to end on?
1: Oh I just love talking to you And understanding a little bit more About your story And you seem like such a l- nice girl And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just lo- I, I loved listening To what you had to say mm-hmm. And I definitely do think that other people Will love that too Yeah. One more word
3: is Nika broken the images in my mind About engineering yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> sure. yeah. Right on, right on. Yeah.
0: Right on. Yep, yeah. that's awesome. So, Nika, we appreciate you being here. That's the end of the podcast today. Thanks everyone for listening. We're live at the studio at the Broadcast Media Program at the Arts and Tech Center, and we'll see you next time on Adventures in Careerland.